We're going to the word of the Lord. We're going to the word of the Lord. Finishing up the past few weeks, we've been talking about the call of the king, different calls that come. I'm going to talk about the call of the king that comes into our lives that says, come home. Matthew 25, verse 6, and at midnight, there was a cry made, behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. And a number of you, you've heard this scripture preached for years, and I'm just asking that the Lord would help us one more time be reminded about the promise that's before us about the hope that we have in us and remember what God has done for us. I wonder if you'd just kind of couple those three things together with me and would you just lift your praise one more time? Let's pray a focused prayer together. Jesus, I thank you for your help that's already been in this room. God, if we left right now, we've already been touched. We've already had the privilege of gathering together. God, we've exercised that right of God, your people, joining in purpose and in mind and in direction if any two or three agree concerning anything God it shall be done you promised us that and we've had the privilege of being together of watching what you could do in just a few moments but we're asking in the next few minutes Jesus if you would anoint your word would you lift both hands right now there is an unction of the Holy Ghost right here I don't know who it's for, but it's for right now for somebody. If you lift your hands, God, God is destroying a yoke of bondage. God is releasing a shackle that has held you for too long. God's bringing a healing to somebody right now. I, I, can't, I can't articulate it exactly, but there's just that unction where we pause and pray one more time. Would you do that together? CCC, anointing of God, do your work in this moment, we pray. Heal, deliver, set free. God, sustain, maintain, correct, correlate somebody's mind with your purpose in this spirit, we pray. Right here, right now. And the church said amen. Amen. And you may be seated this morning. It is such a distinct privilege to, to greet you today. It is an honor to be <clears throat> with you in service. Thank you for making church a priority in these days of online uh, online church. It is just so good to be together with all of you, and our prayers are, are with you. Prayers for our ministers that are out. The pastor already mentioned out this morning, praying that God's anointing would rest on them as well. I, I came with a reminder this morning, just a, a reminder for many of us, or maybe it's news for some of us today, that God is coming soon. See, we hear it so often, and we've heard it preached for so long that sometimes when we say it, we've got to check ourselves and ask ourselves just one more time in the moment, in the room this morning, do we believe that God's return is coming very soon? I've heard it preached since I was just a kid. I, I can remember pastors that preached it. I can remember ministers that declared it. And sometimes along the way, you, you get accustomed to the idea and you just say, well, that's something we've we talked about. But I just want to shake us for a moment this morning in the supernatural realm and remind us that God is coming soon. I'll take a minute and just help us to remember 
And in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 3, John received the revelation and he said, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy. Let's just pause right there for a moment because John was saying that, yeah, it wasn't just saying that if you read it, he said if you readeth. It, it, it's a continuing action. It's a, something that you do over and over again. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy. There is a blessing John somehow knew in the Holy Ghost along with everything else that he saw. He knew that this word was going to have to be repeated. He knew that we were going to have to take time and reread what we've already read. He knew that we were going to have to take time and remind ourselves of the promise of what God had given to him and that that was given to us. He said, blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. If the time was at hand in John's day, it doesn't diminish the fact that the time is more at hand now. You see, sometimes we look at it and we say, well, John said 2,000 years ago that the time was at hand. He must have been wrong. It must have been an errant word of prophecy. No, you don't understand that, 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 that that's not how it works. Because if it was at hand 2,000 years ago, ago, it's even more at hand now. It's not time to slack off, and it's not time to turn around. It's not time to get off the bandwagon, so to speak. It's time that we ensured the fact that we got our seat on the bus, and we got our bus going in the right direction. Anybody hear me this morning? Anybody know what we're talking about? we got to make sure that we are active and engaged and at work about this kingdom thing that God called us to, and his coming is very, very soon. Tap your neighbor and tell him the time's at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is, which was, and which is to come. John was saying, let's just take a minute and remember about what God has done for us. Let's remember about what God is doing in us, and let's talk about what God is going to do. I'm glad that we haven't changed a whole lot in a few thousand years. We still remind ourselves when we come to church about what God has done. we got to remind ourselves about what God is doing, and we got to tell ourselves and remind ourselves about what God has yet done to do because God's not finished yet I, I don't think it would be too soon if we stop right now and thank God that Pastor Jason is free right now I don't think it's too soon if we stop one more time and say God here's what you've already done but here's what you're doing right now I'm thanking you that we've got a church in China but right now you're working this morning 2 a.m. our time you were intervening God you were intersecting while we were interceding your angelic host was moving and I don't know what turned the, the official's mind around to release him but here's what I do know he's free right now because God stepped in and I've got to remind myself God is at work God's still moving he's still a deliverer he's still a wave smoother he's still a way maker he's still a sea partner God is still moving God is and if John said the time is at hand, then we don't, we don't, that we, we don't need to move back from that promise. And, and I'll just skip ahead. Verse 7, he goes on. He said, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so. Amen. He said, He cometh with clouds. He's coming in those clouds. Jesus is coming Again, 
If they told the disciples the same manner you've seen him go, is how he's going to come. He's coming again in clouds. And I just want to remind us one more time that there will be a return, an imminent return of Christ. And the church wants to be, has got to be prepared for his return. Jesus is coming again. He's coming with clouds. And every eye shall see him. Every person. It said every kindred, all kindreds of the earth shall wail. It isn't going to be anybody excused. If the word said that every eye is going to see him, every person that lived and every person that, that is alive is going to see him. I don't know how it's going to happen. It's not my job to figure that out. It's above my pay grade. But here's what I do know. If the word said every eye shall see him, then we shall see him. We are going to one day mark it down, etch it in stone, put it somewhere that it will never be removed, that we reminded ourselves this morning that he was coming again, and one day we will see him. You can go to the bank with the fact that God is coming again. You can be reminded. You've got to know within yourself he's coming again for his church, and he's coming to call us back home. The call of the king is coming because he has come to return us back to that place of prominence with him. His bride has got to be ready because the groom is coming for her. I feel the Holy Ghost so strongly right now. I'm just in the first few verses of the chapter that we open, but one more time, would you just kind of entertain the Holy Ghost for a moment? I don't even have to finish this sermon. If God is working the way that he wants to work right now, I, I just feel that, that touch of God from the top of my head to the sole of my foot. Well, it's it's kind of just working over the top half of me right now. I, I feel the Holy Ghost touching in this room. Come on, I, I wish every person would just raise your voice for a moment. God, touch me here right now. God, you're coming again. Prepare my mind. Prepare my spirit. God, I want to be ready. I've got to be ready. <clears throat> there really, really is a place called heaven. He's coming to take us back to that place that he has prepared for us. John reminded us what that, angel, or that uh, heavenly scene looked like. He said, and I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard, as it were, of a trumpet talking to me. And it said, come up hither. You see, that call to come home, John heard it first. And he reminds the church, that cry is going to it's going to come into our ears, and it's going to be that come up hither. It's time to come up a little higher. John heard it. Man, that is a hope that we have. I'm so glad that we, that this isn't our entire existence. I'm grateful. I love being together with all of you. I'm so privileged to be a part of what God is doing at CCC. It's, it's just incredible. It's, it's an honor for us to be a part of that. But I, I'm glad that this isn't where this ends. I mean, this would be great. If this was the story, it's a great story. But God's not finished yet. The greatest part of what God is going to do is still before us. The greatest hope that we have. I'm grateful that God picked us up and turned us around. Lives are different in the room because of the power of God that changed them. You've got testimonies sitting right here in this room right now. We've got testimonies of what God can and will do. But this is just the beginning. It's the earnest of our inheritance. It's just a little interest about what God has yet to do. God has so much more in store.
So John saw it. He said, the door was open in the heaven. That voice called him up higher. And he said, I'm going to show you the things that are going, to, which must be hereafter. And immediately he said, I was in the spirit. If you're anything like me, usually when you're reading Revelation, you kind of start to check out a little bit at this point because it starts talking about beasts and starts talking about eyes on the front and on the back and all the way around. You're like, my imagination's not that good. But if you just bear with me, I... This was part of my reading this week in my, my daily bread reading, my Bible reading. And, and as I was going through this, I began to get this heavenly picture of what heaven was like. I began to, in my, my mind, the Bible says that there was a throne and he was seated on the throne. And around, uh, you know, that throne was on that sea of glass. And around that throne, there were 24 thrones with 24 elders. And then it says there were, there were four beasts, one like a man, one like an eagle, one like a calf, and, and one like a lion. Those four beasts. And we, that's where we started to go. <laughs> Stay with me. But it said, around about that throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw, I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. And they had on their head crowns of gold, but those crowns aren't going to stay there very long because the one at the throne, they're going to pull those crowns off, and they're going to cast them at his feet. Those crowns are going to be cast before him, and, and those those. Those beasts begin to declare the greatness of God. Those beasts begin to declare God's power. And they, they cry, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. That's what the Bible says. That they're saying in heaven is this image of God in his majesty, seated on his throne, surrounded by angelic creation. And, and they are praising him and glorifying him and, and celebrating him. That is a little, that's why I love coming to church. It gives us just a little insight as to what heaven is like. And they go on, they say, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. We were created for Him. And God one day is going to reclaim that which is rightfully his. He's going to come back on those clouds that we just read about. And, and he's going to come back for his people that he has purchased with his own blood. And he is going to come and he's going to call us up higher. He's going to call us to come home. And if we don't get rested in the fact that, that that's really going to happen, if we don't let that settle into our spirit, we're going to get distracted by the things that are going on in our lives. We're going to get distracted by the things that are surrounding us, the news headlines. And, and about, uh, along the way somewhere, we're, we're just going to kind of get lulled to sleep and we're going to forget about the hope and the promise and the imminent return of his coming. But I want you to tap your neighbor this morning and tell him, be ready because God God is coming back. It's come on. I'm, I'm saying that we've got to remind ourselves that He is coming again. Tap your neighbor one more time and tell him God is coming for His church. He's coming back. We've got to remind ourselves. That God in his own time, in his own way, is going to bring this world that we cherish too much sometimes to an end. 
everything that people hold dear is going to end. It's going to complete. It's going to finish. It's going to accomplish whatever purpose it has. And its purpose was to create glory to God. Every person as a part of this earth, God had an intention and a plan for you. God had an intention and a plan for you to become a part of his bride. That's God's plan. And people get so focused on the world. They get so focused on what we've got and what we get to do and where we're going to go that we forget about the fact that God has us all here for his glory, for his honor, for his purpose, to be the church. That's what God has called us to be. So Jesus is really going to return and call us to come home. And we can't read the writing of scripture without realizing, you know, I I really wish that everybody could be saved. I really wish that nobody would be lost. And I'm not trying to come to declare any different this morning. But when I read through the scripture, I can't help the fact that the Bible reminds us that one will be taken, but one will be left. I I can't help but remind myself that, that God... You have a desire and a hope that everyone will be saved, but not everybody's going to receive that promise. Some people are going to walk their own willful way. Some people are going to walk their own intentions. Some people are going to walk in the way of sin. Some people are going to fulfill the lust of the flesh and never hunger after God. Some people, that's what they're going to do. And those people, unfortunately, I, I'm not judging them this morning. Some say, Pastor Jack, you can't, you sound like you're judging this morning. I'm not judging anybody. Not my job. Again, above my pay grade. There's one judge. He's the judge. He's going to be the judge. But when I read about what he said will happen, I've got to take that fact down in my mind and remind myself, God, not everybody's going to make it, but I'm going to determine that I'm going to be one of the ones that does. I'm going to determine. Anybody with me this morning? I'm pretty sure that I'm not going alone from CCC. I'm confident that everybody in the room has a desire to make heaven your home. Anybody got an amen this morning? I've got a desire to make heaven my home. But why would I allow just a few things here on earth to entrap me and miss out on the hope of heaven? Why would I pick this over that? Because we just get distracted sometimes. We just get off the rails. We get turned sideways. We get going after our own way, our own will, and our own intention. And that's why God just sends a little word sometimes to remind us, come on, I'm coming back for a bride who's white and she's ready. I'm coming back for a bride who's, who's prepared herself for me. Paul said it. He reminded the church, I wouldn't have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So we have this hope. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. He goes on to say that. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So shall we ever be with the Lord. And then he doesn't stop there because he knows that we're going to get distracted. He he knows that we're going to forget. He, he, and some people, he knows it's going to be a fearful thing when we realize God is coming for us again. 
He's coming in clouds. And somebody, your heart just kind of stopped for a second because you've got something in your life that you know you've got to make right. Can I encourage you this morning? Get right. Get right with God. Get right with God because he's coming for a church that's that's white and ready. God's coming for that church. And so Paul said, he, he, he didn't stop there. He said, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Those words aren't intended to cause us fear. Those words aren't intended to do what it did to a few of us. Just kind of our heart stops and says, man, I, I got that, that thing in my life that I got to get turned around. I got that thing going on in my life that I got to remove. I've got something going on that I, I just got to get right with God. Can I, can I just let you know, you can let that happen right here, right now. That repentance happens in just a, min- a, a fraction of a moment. And it can happen before the, this minute completes itself. That you can be right with God. You can repent and be right with God. Or you can ignore the word of God and live in fear. And miss out on the greatest hope that God ever created for humanity. But why would we do that? When God said, wherefore, comfort one another with these words that in a moment we can make ourselves right and before we leave the room we can be ready if he comes back in the next five minutes in the next ten minutes we can have a certainty in our spirit that when that trumpet sounds we are going to be caught up together to meet those come on we're going to get caught up to meet him in the air So when we talk about an imminent return of Christ, we can have hope and assurance and comfort. That's our our hope today. So 2,000 years have passed since John saw that first revelation, but it doesn't reduce the certainty of his second coming. It's imminent. That God will return. He absolutely, certainly is coming back. But we've got to remind ourselves of the suddenness of it. Because we can just get lulled to sleep. We can just forget about the fact that the trumpet's going to sound. It's going to sound and there isn't going to be a a 20-minute countdown. There's not going to be a headline on CNN to get ready for what's going to happen this week or this month. There isn't going to be any reminder for somebody in their phone that that kind of clicks on and says, don't forget the rapture at 3 p.m. today. As much as I love Siri and use that feature on my phone, it's not going to let me know when Christ is coming back again. So I've just got to be ready. I've got to be ready for the rapture of the church, Pastor. He, he, that's why he preached about it. Through the book of Solomon, we talked about the bride that made herself ready. He went away, and she didn't have any idea when he was coming back. As a matter of fact, she didn't even know what he was going to look like because he, didn't, he wasn't going to appear as he was. But we can remind ourselves this morning that he is coming back. The call of the king is going to come, and it's going to be come home. It's time for us to go to that place that he has prepared for us. It's time to go to a mansion that he has prepared. While he's been away, he hasn't been dormant. While he's been away, he hasn't been lazing about. While he's been away, he's been preparing. He's been readying. He's been building that home that he is preparing for us, and he's coming back for his bride. (laughs) Yeah, that's what we're talking about. 
You see, somewhere that, that, that hope is deep within our spirit. It, it gets lodged there. The, the, and, and we need to preach about it because we can forget so easy. Jesus reminded us in Matthew 24, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as it was in the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that it were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until, someone say until, the day that Noah entered into the ark. And they didn't know that the flood came and took them all. They had no idea it was going to happen, but it happened. They had no idea when it was going to occur, but all of a sudden something began to happen that had never happened before. The clouds formed on the horizon and rain began to fall. The earth opened up and fountains from the deep began to gush out of the ground and something that they had never experienced before occurred. Noah had preached about it, but they hadn't heeded it. Noah had talked about it, but nobody said it was going to happen. Everybody said, don't, don't, just never mind the crazy old guy building a boat in the middle of the desert. Never mind. But now when we look back, we say, if they'd only been ready, they could have been saved. The ark was big enough for all of humanity. The ark was built big enough so they could experience salvation. The ark was big enough. It wasn't supposed to just be for Noah and his family. God had intended for the world to be saved. That's what God had intended. And if they had just realized, if they had just responded, but they just went on their merry way, and no wonder Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, it's a hard time to get somebody's ear today and remind them about the coming back of Christ. The world doesn't want to hear it. They want to hear all kinds of other things. They want to go about their business as usual. But I just want to remind us one more time. Like Jesus did, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. He's coming soon. He's coming back. And the question today is, are we ready? Again, I'm not trying to monger fear this morning. Comfort one another with these words. But I'm encouraging. I'm adjuring. I'm calling. I'm inviting someone to make their life right with God. We can come back to the music this morning. Paul affirmed what Jesus said. That there would be. A sudden second return. We read it so frequently in funerals, but let me remind us one more time this morning. 1 Corinthians 15, 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. In a moment. The Bible says a twinkling of an eye. Just that when you think, quicker than the snap of your finger. Comfort one another with these words because we can be ready. We can be ready. It was an imperative inclusion in Scripture 
over and over and over again. Jesus is coming soon. In an instantaneous moment, all of the world's activity is going to be forever changed and adjusted. God will move the clock at his own timetable and prophecies will be fulfilled and that's why we see just images coming across our screen just reminders pictures I don't have to tell us all today but if we, if we could bring back Brother C.B. Dudley in this service if we could bring him into church this morning and then maybe after we'll just go and have some lunch and I pull out a debit card and I just walk over to a machine, I drop that card over top of that machine and when it works like it's supposed to, which is rare sometimes, that we just carry on our way. I'm sure that he would stop right there and say, what just happened? So I just paid for our lunch. How'd you do that? I just had this card here. It's got a little chip in. I drop it over top of that machine and it pulls the money out of our bank or it bills the credit card company and, and it's done. It's finished. I'm sure in that moment that elder minister of our district would turn around and he'd start to preach because the Bible says that no man can buy or sell without a mark and, and he'd probably be, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with your card. Come on. But I am saying that it's leaning and, and painting the picture of what's going to happen. The ark is being built. The ark is almost complete. And God is going to call his church home. The call is, is, is at the lips of Christ right now to come home. And why wouldn't he call us home in the mess that we're in right now? If there was ever a time when, when if it was my bride that I was going to bring home, I'd say right about now would be the right time to call her home. It's time for her to join with me. It's time for her to come to be at my side. It's time to her for her to get out of that mess that she's in right now and come and dwell in the place that I've built for her right about now would be the right time for the rapture of the church. But here's what I've come to remind us today. Are we ready? For the rapture this morning. Are we ready? Are we ready for the rapture this morning? Again, I'm not trying to cause fear. Comfort one another with these words. Our text I read at midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. That cry will come. Come home. I don't know what he's going to cry. I like what Brother Goddard, he just kind of surmised. He said, I think that's going to be, he's going to come through the clouds and he's going to just shout enough. Enough mess, enough sickness, enough pain, enough hurt, enough. Enough. But if you were to back up from our text, it says that the kingdom of heaven is likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish.
there was a distinction made, a division among two groups of people. It said that one was prepared and one wasn't. That one was ready, but wasn't hadn't taken the time and hadn't got filled up. There were the wise and there were the foolish. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And, and we're in that season right now where he's tarrying. Maybe he's waiting so the church can do her duty of preaching the gospel to the world. Maybe uh, we believe that, that God's is kind of pausing so that we can reach as many souls as we can reach. That there's going to be an end time harvest like Joel prophesied and promised that whatever we lost is going to be restored, that God is going to do that. But the bridegroom tarries. And, and while he tarries, it says they all slumbered and slept. But while they're slumbering and while they're sleeping, their candles, their wicks, their oil is slowly burning out. And while he's tarrying, the Bible says that the wise they had prepared and and I'm sure that the different time that they would wake up to whatever little sound may, may, may just kind of jostle them out of sleep. That, that they take a look at, and they check, they check the oil in the lamp. And they just kind of say, well, I'm making sure I got, I got some oil with me. But if that, if that, if that runs out, then, then I'm, I'm going to be sure that I'm ready. I'm prepared. And, but somewhere in the middle of the night while people were slumbering and sleeping, the Bible says that the foolish, they didn't have enough oil in their lamp. And we know that the call is going to come. The cry. Uh, verse 6 says, At midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go out to meet him. The call came. The call is going to come, church. I'm reminding you. Reminding us this morning that the cry is going to come. Behold, the bridegroom cometh go and meet them and we don't want to be half ready we don't want to be there in that moment the Bible says that they all arose and they they trimmed their lambs they said well the groom is coming we got to get we got to get ready and and that when they trimmed their lambs five wise and five foolish that the five foolish realized I didn't have enough oil in my lantern I, it's the simplest illustration in the world. But can I just let somebody know that I, I can't help feeling and I, I can't escape the fact that somebody in the room this morning, here's your lamp. Here's your lamp. But God doesn't need you to leave the room the way that you came in this morning. That's why we're gathered together, so that you can leave with your lantern full, so you can leave with the flame burning bright, so you can leave with your light shining in the midst of a dark world. You don't have to leave the same way that you came. You say, Pastor Jack, I've been slumbering it, and I've been sleeping. I, I just didn't realize the state that I was in. But somewhere in the message this morning, the Holy Ghost came in, and I was like this when I entered the room. But I'm I'm going to be like this by the time that I leave this morning. I, I'm going to open my heart and I'm going to open my life and I, I'm going to let God fill me like I've never been filled before because I can't afford. I can't afford to be gone for a moment. I can't afford for my light to be out for a minute. I can't afford it. The rapture of the church is going to happen and I don't want to miss that. We don't get to pick how we die. 
unfortunately. I, w- I wish that we could. Medical science, they're trying to tell us, well, we can pick when. We, no, 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 no. It's appointed unto man once to die. Can I just remind everybody this morning? God chooses how we die. I wish we could. I, I wish. <laughs> you know, we, God, we I want to be in a prayer meeting when I pass. I, I want to be preaching in the pulpit when not this morning, God. Not yet. We don't get to pick it, though. We don't get to pick that. That way, I wish we could. I wish we could pick it for you. You'd have some of the most tremendous ends to tremendous lives. I wish we could. But we don't get to pick that for you. But we do get to pick what happens when we die. We do get to pick whether or not we're ready. We do get to choose every day, God, is this going to be my life or is this going to be my life? How I live today, is it going to represent an empty vessel that's just kind of that's just kind of gone by the wayside or is my life going to represent this vessel? I don't care what the world thinks. I don't care what my neighbor thinks. I don't care. All I care about this morning is whether or not I've got oil in my lamp because he's coming too soon. I can't afford to be wrong. Come on, Holy Ghost is moving right now. Would you stand very reverently in the presence of God? It's uh, Unless you're extremely ill or you absolutely need to leave the room, please stay with us for the next two moments. Because God wants to touch somebody this morning. I would hate to be prepared for all of the things in our life. I I would hate to be prepared on so many fronts. I'd hate to be prepared in so many levels. I'd hate to be prepared for this natural life on so many levels, but miss out on what God has for me in eternity. Come on, we, we can't afford for our lives to be empty. We can afford, we can, we can afford to have just a little bit in our bank account. And we, come on, we go out with very little, with nothing to leave to our family. We can afford that if we've got it all right for the future of eternity. We can afford that if our lamps are full when he comes. Because we're going to a city where the lamb is the light. We don't need anything except the oil in our lamps. So God, fill us this morning. God, fill me to overflowing. Fill me until my life has no emptiness anywhere. Fill me until you flush out sin. Fill me until you flow through me to the world around me. Fill me until I'm changed. Fill me until I'm new. Fill me until I'm not like I was. Fill me to overflowing, God. Fill me this morning. Fill me this morning. Come on, I feel it. I feel it flowing in the room right now. I feel it flowing. You, it, that, that conviction just rested on us for a moment because God's trying to get you to move some stuff out so he can move in. God's just trying to move some stuff out of the way so he can work in your life, so God can m- do his work in your spirit right now. 
Come on. Come on, just pray for a moment. I'm finished preaching. I feel like God is ministering in hearts and in lives. So would you just join together with me? I, I don't know if you're near somebody, but, but if you're concerned, if you're, if you're worried about yourself or you're worried about your neighbor, if you're, if you're at all concerned, this is the right time to get right with God. If there's anything that's not right, right now is the right time to correct it. Right now is the right time to bring it to God. Right now is the right time. I wish every hand would be lifted. I wish every every head would be bowed. Can we just talk to God for a moment this morning? Come on, talk to Him. just waiting for a moment because God is filling. We're waiting for a moment because the Spirit is moving. We're waiting for a moment because this is what fuels your lamp today. Just pausing to allow the Spirit to speak to us in the room this morning. Sometimes God just gets our attention. The Word of God uses the gifts of the Spirit to operate when I believe that that was tongues, and I'm just waiting for an interpretation of tongues. If you if you have the interpretation, feel free to release that. It's perfectly in order. It's biblical. It's in your Bible. It's fine. It's in order. Yeah, you must be. 
Thank you, Jesus. Would you thank the Lord for talking to us this morning in your own way? Just go ahead and lift your voice. I receive that word, God. I receive your promise. God, I receive that confirmation in your spirit. I receive it this morning. Now, if that's you that God's talking to, would you just take a moment and prepare your heart before God? It may be a lifted hand, but it's definitely a prayer that's prayed. God, hear my cry this morning. Attend to my prayer today. Come on, while we sing, would you just make that prayer your personal prayer? Father. 